By Muskoka for Muskoka, your collection of Muskoka-based talk shows. Muskoka Magazine, The Bay 88.7. Brought to you by Dairy Lane Dental, keeping Muskoka smiling for over 30 years. Visit DairyLaneDental.com. The State of Real Estate with your host, Jerry Lantane. Indeed, that is me. Welcome to the show. Today's episode is a very interesting one on the electrification of things. We'll be speaking with Chad Schoppel from Ambient Air and HVAC Design Inc. So, today's market report, because that's what we're going to hit you with first. So, the average price of a home... Oh, we're going to be comparing the stats from January 2021 to January 2022. And these are brought to you by the uh, Lakeland Association of Realtors. The average price of homes in Muskoka is up by 10.4% over last January. New listings are down by 21.5%. That's a pretty big chunk. So that means there's not a lot of homes coming on the market right now. The total inventory is down by 32.9%, which is even worse. That means there's hardly anything available for people to buy right now. Actual sales are also down by about 20.7%, but I'm wondering if that's because there's so little um, inventory available or if people have kind of got buyer burnout. Um, the percentage of the original price is up by 1.3%, which means last January, people were getting about 100% of their asking price. This January, they're getting 101.3% of their asking price, of their original price, that is. And days on the market, the telltale sign of how hot the market really is. It takes 12 days to sell a home on average in Muskoka. Last January, it took 12 days as well. Now, that was after COVID. If you look at pre-COVID 2020, January 2020, it took 50 days to sell a home. So there is a frenzy out there. It is a seller's market. It will continue to be a seller's market until more properties come up on the market. That's the market report. Have a great day. We'll be back with Chad Chappell. The State of Real Estate with your host, Jerry Lantane. All right. Welcome back to the interview portion of the show. And we are with Chad Shoppel, price of natural gas and propane and oil will triple in price by 2030. Okay, they're going to triple the price of our resource sources, which is basically going to force you to get electric. How are people going to go from electric if they have, a, say, a natural gas combination oil burner or sorry, a combination mm -hmm. water heater? Yeah, the, the low temperature variable refrigerant air source heat pump technology. So you pair that with like a straight electric furnace and you go with this air source heat pump technology or geothermal, uh, which is about makes straight electricity about 30 to 40% more efficient in our climate. Okay. Uh, unfortunately, the technology is good. You know, it's come from more China and Japan and stuff where they don't quite get the wicked cold temperatures. Yeah, this is, this is what they don't understand. So, yeah, so the unfortunate thing is, and with all energy, there's no magic pill. There's yeah. no magic solution. So the, the government kind of creates the good ideas and then hopes that industry will provide an answer. And the answers really aren't there yet for yeah. all scenarios. So it's going to be a mix of hybrid stuff. So... Typically, you'd have, uh, you know, your best way to heat in this part of the world is always with wood. Because yes. wood is the most But they don't want, they, they're eliminating wood stoves. Well, because you can go out and cut it yourself in that's the backyard. Right. It's not controlled by anybody. That's right. So that's the kicker. So, yeah. yeah. So, but most people want convenience and, mm -hmm. and don't want the headache of dealing with wood, which is unfortunate because yep. it is the most environmentally responsible thing to do when you look at what energy is. So... The convenient aspects are the electrification of things, going straight electric, using heat pump technology, geothermal technology to harvest that energy. 
our climate, uh, these fancy new heat pumps, they call them low temperature, variable refrigerant drive uh, compressors and stuff like that. So they're gonna work down to about minus 25. Mm -hmm we know we get colder days than that. Yeah. So then you need I know a some of them. I know some of them can go down to negative 35. Yeah, the but problem really is expensive. the heat output starts to go like this <laughs> and your heat loss sure. goes like that. Right. So you hit this balance point or the threshold no, where, where you need the straight electric or a straight backup supplemental heat. Yeah. So that's kind of the problem in our, in our system. But when you look at our heating uh, period, it's, you know, five or six months of the year in total. You know, we don't need much in the spring and fall, but you know, we get into the season where we got to run something to keep us warm. So yeah. the heat pump technology, literally, it's about shaving the corners off of our total energy consumption individually. Whereas if we can shave three or four months of, of the six months heating season off with really energy efficient uh, technology, mm -hmm. then the two months that we have to use the straight fossil fuels um, or straight electricity, depending how it goes, you know, our impact is way less on the whole. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. no individual can really solve these issues. Uh, collectively is the idea where we just try and knock corners off of how much we're using. Yeah. And so question then, does that mean that whoever thinks like, who's going to enforce the electrification of things? That's like, who's going to come to my house and say, well, Mr. Jerry, uh, your natural gas furnace was supposed to be converted two years ago. Like, mm -hmm. uh, it'll be, it'll be subsidized. So the idea of the carbon tax is to take 90% of it. Uh, or sorry, the government's gonna uh, give is gonna give you a tax rebate on ninety percent of what you paid on the carbon tax. It's gonna be on everything. Okay. And then in theory, the ten percent they keep is to go to uh, energy uh, low carbon net zero initiatives. So that's gonna go back probably. I, I I'd assume to people that live in an old century home that are the unfortunate ones that can't and you know can't bring their house up to new. Mm -hmm. Uh, new standards, they're going to be out of luck. So I imagine energy will be a bit subs more subsidized for those people and that we push the new construction <laughs> in a better direction. Yeah. Is that what they meant by uh, you will own nothing and be happy? Yeah. Uh, sorry. <laughs> but um, yeah, because it, it, it all of a sudden it's, it's a cost that's going to need to be incurred by a homeowner, but mm -hmm. it may or may not be subsidized by this program? Well, it's a government program, so you never know what they're going to do, right? They, they change things at the last second sometimes. Mm -hmm. So it's, yeah, the writing. I mean, we're on this pro progression of this. It's not like it's yet to come. It's mm -hmm. been since 2018. Yeah. Uh, we're at about $50 uh, per ton. Um, going up to 170? Right now, going up to 170 by 2030. <laughs> yeah, so then that's kind of the unfortunate thing. That's there's 21 uh, gases that are taxed. Right. So that's gasoline, propane, methane, propane. Yeah. Uh, you you name it. Kind of all the the good rock and roll stuff that creates the built environment. Yeah. So everything is going to get more expensive, yeah. and we're going to see it everywhere from you know trucking to the food. Just it's going to be in everything. So the, we're people don't quite realize what's coming yet and what the formula is because it's about. Uh, We've kind of overdone it. We built this city on rock and roll, which is fossil fuels. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one acre of bush lot is equivalent to about 40 barrels of oil. Wow. So you can kind of put it in those contexts. So um, there's, you know, hundreds of millions of BTUs of energy in 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 an acre of, of, of uh, woodlot. So... Um, yeah, but it's 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 about putting that energy to use properly, and we haven't done that up to this point. So everything's going to have to get smaller. Right. We're going to have to be okay with a little less. We're going to have to make things way more efficient, and that's going to be the the evolution that we need to go on. And we kind of, to me, it doesn't even feel like we've really started that journey. I see in my business, 
niche individuals that get it and, and take it on themselves to do that, yep. but it's definitely not the norm yet, but it's, I can see the ball starting to roll, which is exciting. Perfect. By Muskoka for Muskoka, your collection of Muskoka-based talk shows. Muskoka Magazine, The Bay 88.7. Brought to you by Dairy Lane Dental, keeping Muskoka smiling for over 30 years. Visit DairyLaneDental.com. The State of Real Estate with your host, Jerry Lantane. Welcome back to the show. The electrification of things is the episode we're trying to deal with mostly HVAC questions about homes, uh, like well, heating and venting, uh, heating and air conditioning. Yes, thank you very much. <laughs> Chad Shoppel. Um, so, alternative, I want to talk about two things. How would, two separate topics, so I'll come back with the question. How would we retrofit our particular devices now to make them electric? And the second question we'll ask in this, in this last half of the interview is, what electric devices are out there that can be used as a, an efficient uh, heat source for elect, uh, electric heat source and are there any sort of new things developing that we haven't seen come to market yep. so let's start with how do we retrofit yeah so that's a neat one and a lot of people you'll start to hear this ter term in being used more is called future proofing so future proofing is about just that it's about saying okay because we you know we have a long-term goal here with uh, climate change and reducing our carbon footprint so it's about uh, knowing that and that we can't just do it tomorrow. So it's about looking at what we, what we can do today, what materials are affordable, what we can actually reasonably achieve with what's around us right now, and then to know where what our ultimate goal is. So okay. the future proofing is, yeah, it's about um, maybe if you're putting a new fur thinking, you well, know, yeah, okay. How do I How do I future proof my natural gas furnace today? You, the easiest way you could do that if you were going to replace it and, and you had an air conditioner or wanted air conditioning would to be to add an air source heat pump to your furnace system. Your existing can I add it system. to? I can add it to the existing. Yeah, I don't have to a, replace. Re uh, central air conditioner. It looks exactly the same as a central air conditioner. It's just got some more fancy controls. It's a modular device that can add on to any mm -hmm. forced air heating system, ductwork system. So an air source heat pump is going to give you that two to three hundred percent efficient heating at the shoulder seasons down to freezing and minus that's for five forced air furnaces for, for forced air furnaces okay. they do make standalone ones that uh they call them split systems and they can be installed again solely on their own and they have a and, kind and this of a can big, be this system can be hooked up with propane natural gas and yep. or oil in yep. conjunction with or any, does it have to replace it no any forced air system it can be added on to in conjunction with what you have now and will the electrification of things allow for a combination of uses or are they going to eliminate the the fuels it'll have to be a combination of well it'll be probably straight electric but it'll be straight electric elements like a conventional electric heater yeah. with heat pump technology added on technically two different things but both straight electric uh -huh. heat but you can mix and match stuff for sure okay what about all those people whose homes have in-floor heating and work on combination <laughs> boilers or boilers that because it's a natural gas heat source the water comes through yep. heats it up immediately yep it can electric so, heat it that well uh yeah well so and that's something to to clarify too is that um we talk about efficiency and then we talk about economics so electric heat is always 100 percent efficient um heat is the byproduct of movement and friction and atomic vibration yep. and that's energy flowing through a wire or a resistive element so Funny enough, heating hot water is the most efficient, uh, electricity is the most efficient way okay. to heat it because you have a, 
an electric heating element immersed in the fluid that you're trying to heat. Okay. So really, really good. Um, so there are straight electric boilers. There are air to water air source heat pump boilers. Okay. So they're neat where they wouldn't hook onto a, a forced air system. Mm -hmm. They actually have a glycol or a fluid in, That's right. in, in the heat pump unit and they pump into a big thermal storage tank and that storage tank is what feeds your radio. So then for the most part, every home in, in Canada right now yep. will be able to be converted, yes. not replaced. Yes, any home right now could have those add-ons. Well, heat-wise we're talking, could, heat source. Could be replaced or retrofitted yeah. to have those okay. efficiency add-ons. Okay. Yep, yep. Now, um, my wife and I have a natural gas forced air furnace. We are climate just hypothetically, we are uh, very concerned about our climate and we want to do something now mm -hmm. to make that change, to future-proof today. Yep. What electric heat sources are there available to us today? Well, just to back up a bit though too, if, it's, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Sure. If, if you have, it takes a lot to manufacture things. There's a huge carbon footprint in making stuff. So if you have something that's working, just make sure it's working as efficiently as possible. Yeah, but what happens when these guys come along and say, hey, it has to be changed? Well, yeah, if they're going to pull that, I just wouldn't do it. You, <laughs> you, well, you just use what you have yeah. and, un, until it needs to be changed. That's, that's so, valuing the resource the best. Of, so if you want to make what you have today, yeah. your, your, your natural gas furnace worked the best today, I'd say it's working. if it's working fine and you're doing the regular yeah. maintenance, changing your filters, all that stuff, that's the problem. Most people focus on that. Don't focus on that. Focus on... Mm -hmm. Maybe my windows need to be replaced. Yeah. Maybe my the seals on my door are leaking yeah. and cold air is drafting in constantly. Mm -hmm. Well, then my furnace has to run more. I'm using more fuel to offset that. So again, we got to turn our direction to what that furnace is heating. Yeah. And we want the envelope of that heated space to be as efficient as possible. And okay. with some simple air sealing techniques, you can actually really bring that heat loss down a lot yeah. in older buildings. Yeah. Um, but I want to get back to what electric heat sources are available today. We have electric Sorry, baseboard heating. Yep, electric baseboard There heating. is such thing as in-floor electric heat, right? There's electric boilers. Yep, there's uh, electric furnaces. So anything- the forced you, air electric. Yeah, so anything that you can think of a, as a gas or oil appliance is also made in a straight electric appliance. And then the geothermal um, is, is probably the most efficient. And then the air source- heat And geothermal needs electricity to work. Is that correct? Yeah, okay. they, they, they consume quite a bit yeah. of electricity. Um, so if I had an electric forest air furnace, as mm -hmm. opposed to say natural gas at today's current prices, yep. what would be more expensive? Do you have an idea about that? Would the electric be more at than today's pricing? So from natural gas, for sure, propane, um, it's, it's probably almost at par with propane, um, with, a slightly more expensive and it depends when it runs. That's the problem with yeah. natural gas and propane. You're paying a fixed rate for the quantity of fuel. For electricity, we have a three-tier system. There's uh, uh, peak, mid-peak, and off-peak. Right. So there's pretty vast differences in cost per unit of energy in those three rate groups. And that's where it becomes a hard comparison. So thermal mass is a big deal with buildings and ICF technology and building construction is a very heavy thermal mass. It can retain- thermal mass. Thermal, Just definition for the public thermal and mass myself. Would be <laughs> the easiest way to think of it would be concrete or a stone. Cool. Yeah. Uh, aside from a battery, it's probably the best thermal storage medium we have, and that's uh, can do a lot for energy. As in wood frame construction, not so great. It's it's great, but it's it's not as great from an energy perspective yeah. as a heavier mass building. Yeah. I'm representing a builder. We're doing. Uh, 
uh, a buildup in town here in Huntsville mm -hmm. and uh, ICF foundation from the uh, ICF from the foundation through to the roof. Yep. I mean, you can't ask for a better building envelope. It's yeah. too good. It needs the HVAC system. Yeah, I see uh, buildings that, that are full ICF now. They're using 30 to 40% need 30 to 40% less heat than their conventional frame counterparts. Yeah. So there's a there is a there's a big deal to that. So when you can capture thermal mass in a building envelope and you apply a, a straight electric heat to it, mm -hmm. you can use the off hours from seven at night to seven in the morning off peak where hydro literally is at par with right. what you're paying so, for propane to, so, to run that heater, yeah. now store that heat. Now you just gave me a good idea mm -hmm. for an advantage of people who are new home buyers. Mm -hmm. Because the electrification of things is going to be happening, if you're looking for new homes, if you can find a new home that is built with ICF right from the ground to the to the roof, which is insulated concrete form, um, that'd be your best bet right now, right? Yeah, and from an energy use standpoint, exactly. from yeah. a manufacturing carbon footprint standpoint, with foam and concrete, they're fairly high CO2 emitting products. Oh yeah. So long term in reducing that carbon footprint, maybe not so good. And that's what I mean. This is where we're going to start to see the stuff where building products are going to be need to be more carbon neutral right but I, I i tend not to think that way so much i think that everything comes at a cost so if if we can you know make it the best to be the most efficient over a long period of time if we have to pollute a lot in that initial phase for a short period yeah to have that long-term things the last long 10 goal. times longer yeah. that's a good deal okay what a good time to end the episode thank you very much chad awesome, we can Eddie. go on again and again about this Weekend, one i'll tell you forever. that yep. so uh mr chad Chopple from ambient air HVAC, HVAC design and if you day. need a professional you can call him so uh, we'll be back with the tip of the week and the close of the show all right the tip of the week this week is about the electrification of things and it is something you know every homeowner should know so what you need to do the tip of the week this week is to research the canadian net zero emissions accountability act that's the tip of the week read it up and find out and look out what's in store and be prepared for the future. Have a great day.